Hey y'all, this is Ginger DeVries, guest number 56 of the podcast encouraging you today to use your position to broadcast God's love. All things work together for the good to those who love God and to those who's called according to his purpose. God has sent Jesus to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives. Freedom, my friends. That season may not be the thing that you wanted necessarily, but God needs you to learn something. Hindsight with God, you understand, but in the middle of stuff, you just gotta hang on and trust Him. We're not supposed to do for God, we're supposed to be for God. The doing is a side effect. God is able to bless you abundantly. If He can take care of the birds of the air and the flowers of the field, yes. so more can He do for you. It's all going to work together for your good. If you love God, you just continue to stay. Stay humble, seek God, and it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. God's word says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We pray this episode is an encouragement to you to go out and use your position to broadcast his love. From Scotto Albritton Studios, here's your host, Ricky. Hey everyone, and welcome to Broadcast His Love. This is a podcast where we talk about what life looks like when we decrease our name and increase God's name because it's all about Jesus living life on purpose for Him. Today, we're talking with Leah Taylor. She has a master's in clinical mental health counseling and she's a licensed mental health counselor. So how are you, Leah? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. You know, it's always good to talk to a counselor and why not just let it be on a podcast? (laughs) Go for it. If this is your intro to counseling, like, let's go. go. Okay. So being faith-based is your thing. Like you love the Mm -hmm. Lord, you sing, you are surrendered to Jesus. You love him. Like it just gushes from your personality and your family. And Mm -hmm. you, this is what you do for your profession. How long ago did you start doing this? Okay. Um, I had a degree in college in psychology. Um, and I was going to go back and get my master's right out of college, but my husband was, uh, drafted by the Yankees. So we were in that professional baseball world. And so we were traveling a lot. So I didn't do that. Um, I took a job with a church and as a female on staff, I quickly began to become that person that the women or would come to, or that the pastors would say, Hey, well, maybe you can talk to Leah about what's going on. And I, I was working as a worship leader of women's ministry and in women's ministry at this church And I just found that um, as I met with women, I was like, hey, I I was going to school for this at one point. Like I just really felt the gifts the Lord has in my life, like for shepherding and and helping others to kind of come alive. Um, What I noticed in the church, and I think if you'll talk to any pastor, um, I'm not saying anything that they wouldn't say, but in seminary, they get one class typically, unless they take a specialty in counseling. And that's all they get. And if you think about how often pastors counsel their flock and their church, um, it, they have to do it a lot. And and um, they have like a biblically based peer counseling or pastoral background when they meet with people in their congregation. Yeah. Um, so I began getting called into some of those meetings as well, just like with couples and and things like that. And I just knew enough from my psychology background um, in school 
that um, there were some clinical things that we could, I, I started to see clinical problems coming into the church, not just um, spiritual issues. Mm-hmm. And um, I just felt for the people who were coming in and those who were counseling, you know, it was just there's sometimes just more help that might be needed than what the church is equipped to offer. Um, And I still think in the area of life and counseling, there's no greater thing than Jesus. However, I think that there are applicable tools we can combine with our faith. And so I knew that if I went back for my master's, I could become equipped with, okay, well, how do I help people apply their faith and these principles to uh, overcome obstacles that they have in life and overcome things they're going through? And then also be a person that could say like, hey, we need to loop in uh, a doctor here. We need to look at this or that because there's something maybe clinical going on as well. Um, And so I went back for my master's and uh, really have a heart for combining spiritual counseling, faith-based counseling with with clinical tools and principles that are found in a traditional counseling program. So that's kind of my heart. I have a specialty in couples counseling through Gottman Institute. I'm trained through level three with them. I love to work with couples. And yeah, that, that's just kind of the, the road that I found. I found that I'm blessed to see having worked in a church and now having working in private practice. I'm, I see people that I don't think would ever come into a church to, to meet with someone, but I'm, I'm given the opportunity to share the love of God with those people in my office. And, um, usually I treat the clinical problems always first. Um, and then, um, don't force my spiritual counseling on anyone that comes in, but my, everything about me, like my profile and everything shows that I'm with that and I offer it if it's something that they want. Absolutely. I love this story, this testimony of how (laughs) God is like, bringing you to a profession because it started with your faith. So, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody out there is like, I want to find my purpose. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I know Leah because you sang in church. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like God calls us to do really cool things. And you were like, okay, I see that there's clinical mental health problems also in the church. I mean, you know, it's everywhere. And, um, and you're like, I can do something about it. And I had a passion for this and I'm going to go back to it. And then you get this, uh, you know, training, a license, you know, which isn't easy, (laughs) you know, you're like, okay, God, like use me. And Mm -hmm. I mean, you've been doing this for eight years now, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's incredible. Is there anything you could say to like explain to someone how God has just been able to use you and. I just, the word purpose keeps popping back up in my brain, but I think people get so obsessed with like finding their purpose and you're literally just like, yeah, I was just going to church and I saw that, um, there's clinical mental health problems also in church and I could help with that. So I got a license to do this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I think for me, it's just, you know, when we come to faith in Christ, and when we seek to follow him, I, I'm, I kind of ascribe to that old Bible study Henry Blackaby wrote called Experiencing God. I recommend everyone go through it. If you're looking for God, what do you want me to be about in this life? What do you what would you have me to be doing? Um, and, and his theory is that God's always at work around us. He is this. He is the story. It's not our story. It's his. And 
he invites us to be a part of that work. So as we are seeking to know him and obey him and walk in his will, he's going to show us where he's at work and say, hey, do you want to come be a part of it? He doesn't need us. Um, he can use anyone, but he invites us. Uh, and so I think for me, as I wanted to serve the Lord, um, for me personally, and I, I don't regret a bit of this road, but in, in the places where I, I was, the giftings that I had in church were, they didn't really know what to do with women in those, with those giftings. And yeah. so, um, and every churches have different theologies on different scriptures and things like that. And so, um, I have always just wanted to respect the authority I was under and work in the ways that I felt like God opened the doors for me to work. Yeah. But I did have certain gifts and I'm like, Lord, what, what do I do with this gift? Like, I, I do feel like I have a shepherding gift of caring for people and, and helping them. And, um, and a gift of, you know, people, when people talk about my singing or my worship, I feel like I have exhortation as a gift, not necessarily, I'm not very, Musical. Yes. I'm not a musical genius. Like I don't, you know, yes, I just, but you are surrendered. I have to say this, like you are surrendered to Jesus. I saw in the funeral with Beth Harris, like you were in the Beth Harris episode uh, for people who didn't know her. She was amazing. <laughs> she was a shepherd too. Yeah, you know, she, yeah. she was awesome. I mean, she just totally embraced women in ministry and was like, all right, like, what do you, what are you struggling with? What are your kind mm -hmm. of highs and lows? How can I help you? Let me share mm -hmm. mine and let's do this together. Let's not just let it be a pity party. Let's talk about mountaintops and valleys mm -hmm. and go together. And she was incredible in her funeral. You sang and the last song, Oh, I was boohoo crying. I needed it so bad because I miss her so much. But that last, do you remember what song that was? It was, it was, a, it was a song from the nineties. It's called Redeemer by Nicole. Oh. <laughs> Redeemer. I mean, I haven't heard that song in so long. Why did I you know. pick that song? She picked she or Jim or Beth picked it. Um, so I don't know. I just did what I was told. <laughs> it was so good. Redeemer. My Redeemer mm -hmm. lives. Oh my mm -hmm. gosh. Oh my goodness. Okay. Sorry. For y'all no. who are listening, like this recently happened in March. So <laughs> we miss her. But yeah. um, I always ask this question or usually ask this question towards the end of the mm -hmm. conversation. But I was praying about it and I just felt, I don't know if it was God or I'm still like learning to discern the voice of God. But it's just like, talk about scripture like really early in this conversation because yeah. I'm talking with Leah and I want her to share something. So <laughs> What Bible verse is encouraging you in this season? Sure. Um, I think with the season of, of us, you know, of us moving to Birmingham and um, really even what we've talked about before, like um, trying to figure out, okay, where do I fit in what God's doing and how do I um, move forward into, you know, what he would want, the work he'd want me to be about for his glory and for, and for his kingdom. Um, for me in this season, the story of the Exodus out of Egypt has just been something that has just come around and around and around and around again. Um, and this, in particular, the verse in Exodus 14, um, verses 13 and 14. So 
the Israelites, um, the plagues have already happened. Moses is, Pharaoh's like, just go take the people. They plunder the Egyptians and they're leaving. And it's like, whoo, yay, that big scary part where we didn't know Pharaoh was going to let us go is over, you know, and they start to work their way to the promised land. And the first thing they come to is the Red Sea. And they are terrified because Pharaoh's army has begun to pursue them. So they have this big sea in front of them. And this Pharaoh that just let them go is like, yeah, no, I take that back. And he's like coming after them. And they're terrified. Um, And it's in that part of the story where Moses says to them in Exodus 14, um, 13 and 14, fear not, stand firm, see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You have only to be silent. Um, I think that one, it's just a, uh, that scripture is so powerful to me that we don't fight the battle. Like when things are coming against us or when we are facing a Red Sea, that it is the Lord who's going to bring us through it. Mm-hmm. But in our move to Birmingham, my husband grew up and lived in Pensacola his whole life. I've lived there since I was 11. We never thought we wanted to stay there, but jobs and certain things have kept us there. When 2020 occurred and things became more remote, telehealth grew in my field. And then my husband's job also like grew into being very remote, you know, and just able to kind of work from anywhere. We started to think, okay, well, you know, do we want to move? We've always wanted to be in this area. We didn't really know why we've all traveled up here when we were younger and our entire married life. Um, And so we just started to say, well, we'll pray about it maybe in a couple of years. And our son, who's a junior, he came to us in the summer and says, I want to go now. I don't, I don't need to finish school. And we're like moving a junior Oh my <laughs> goodness! to a new place. Like, and he's like, yeah, let's do it. He's just, he is the bravest. He's such a brave kid, but yeah. we we're just like, okay, well, let's even see if we can find anything. So we We found a house right away, went under contract, but we had to close by a certain time and we hadn't even put our house on the market. So I was playing in a tennis tournament down in South Florida. I came home within two days, put our house on the market. And in the first 24 hours, it had like six showings and four offers. So, and our, and our offer there in Birmingham got accepted. So we're like, great. They were offering above ask offers. Like it was just like, whoa, okay. And so you think when you step into this, like, goodness, this is like confirmation, you know? Yeah. Um, And so right before that period ends uh, where a buyer can't get out of the contract, we did take an offer. The buyer who we accepted their offer on backed out, not because of anything with our property, but because of a life decision that they had made. And so our house that had had so much traction going on the market, it was going back on the market and everyone thinks, well, what's wrong with the house? And like nothing was wrong with the house, you know, we got another buyer and then that person, I'll just leave it at this got in legal trouble after we accepted their offer and couldn't get in their earnest money. So the house went, back on the market. And then we were having inspection issues in Birmingham. I say all that to say, like when we stepped into this, the doors were flying open. Like we were like, where's, I mean, even Beth. Beth Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Beth was a few people who knew what we were doing this. And she was like, the Lord is just 
flinging doors open to get you out of here. And, and she did not want me to move. So she was just like, I, I can't even argue with the Lord. Um, and so in this period of time, another like terrifying thing happened. Um, I was cooking dinner one night and I got a call um, and it, it was on my son's phone and it was his friend. And he said, Miss Leah, um, Caden has, that's my son, my 17 year old Caden has drowned, um, but he's breathing. And I was, I was standing at the kitchen counter and I was like, excuse me. And the mom grabbed the phone and was like, he's okay. He's breathing. But they did pull him from the water. They, you know, this was a house, a friend's house. And they were, um, they were playing like tackle football and wrestling behind the house in the, in the bay. And, um, I went to get him and he was okay. Drove him to the ER, but I'm not a scientist, but the carbon monoxide gas exchange that can occur when you've taken in a lot of water, um, began to occur in the ER. Um, he had been playing with a friend and the friend asked if he wanted to like wrestle and the friend put him in a sleeper hold. And when he did, Caden passed out, but the friend thought he was joking. So he pushed him down into the water. Oh, no. And, um, and so his friends like, well, come on, dude, get up. It's okay. Like, come on, stop fooling around. And when they turned him over, he was blue. So I've never told this story. I'm telling, I mean, I prayed all day. It was like, cause I felt like, I don't know, for some reason, this was the time to tell this story, but I, they pulled him from the water and those kids saved his life because they, they started compressing on him and got the, the water. Oh, out praise God. I know. And so, but in the ER, that secondary exchange of carbon monoxide and oxygen because of the water he did take in started to take over. Um, Dr. Manny Blair, who was working in the ER at, um, who I coached in soccer so many years ago, was on it and got him hooked up to the right machines. And um, he spent the night in ICU, but he, he was diagnosed with what's called a near drowning episode. Oh it was like a minute, a minute difference in it being just a, a horrible catastrophic situation for us. So we had all these doors flying open and then we started having all of these doors close. And then this major thing that just like paralyzes you. And you're just like, what are we supposed to do? Yeah. And it was even Beth because Beth was my confidant as we were, we were work, walking through all this. And she called me and she said, you know, no one's going to care if you decide to stay. And I, and I said, I know. I said, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not too proud to say, whoops, like we yeah. just to kill this plan, you know? I love her. <laughs> and I said, but you know, when Seth and I talked, we felt like we were still supposed to move forward to keep putting one foot in front of the front of the other um, until God just sh clearly told us no. Um, and there was one thing we were waiting on. Could Caden get in school up here without us having a a physical address, like, could that happen? Could we start him in school? If not, we, what were we going to do? Um, and it was when I would pray and when Seth and I would talk, it was this story that came to mind because I think in life, we, um, when we step out in faith to do something we think God might be, might be leading us to do, um, we see open doors as like, oh yeah, God is moving. And we'll often see closing doors as no, he's telling us not to move. It's like God's in it as long as everything's easy. Right. Right. But I see, I felt so strongly when we prayed about it, that, that God was saying, Leah, I need you to know that even when it's hard, it's still, it still can be me. Like it can still be my plan, even if that plan is tough. And mm -hmm. 
And so we just kept putting one foot in front of the other. I, and, and, and as I prayed, I felt like God said, very clearly said to my heart, Moses didn't get to the promised land without going through Egypt. Yeah. He didn't get to the promised land without going through the Red Sea. He didn't get through the, take the people to the promised land without getting through the wilderness. So just because it's hard, it doesn't mean it's any less God, you know? And so we just kept putting one foot in front of the other. And then Caden ended up getting into, into school. They allowed him, allowed us in. And then slowly, but surely the house sold and we got a house here and, and now we're, we feel so blessed and just for what God's done with us here, we don't even really know fully why we're here, but we just know that um, we didn't turn and run when it got hard. Yeah. You know, you, you kept going through it uh, with God. Something you said earlier is that the Lord is going to bring us through it. Mm-hmm. And I just love that because I'm like, through this whole story, you're still believing the same thing that you talked about in the beginning of this conversation about mm-hmm. how the Lord is going to to bring us through this. And I I can't imagine like as a mom of two boys, like, oh my goodness, they play so rough, but it's like, oh my goodness. Like, oh my, I just, my heart just went out of my chest when you shared that story. Thank you for sharing that by the way. Yeah, no, I mean, we're so, we're so grateful, you know, and, and, and we're, you know, not everybody gets that success story. We know that we're, we're just, we're thankful for God's mercy and that for us, but it was, it was, it was terrifying. And, definitely a place where you're just like, should we just quit? Cause it's just so like, this is so crazy what's happening. And, um, but I knew that if he brought us to it, he was gonna, he was gonna bring us through it, that we just needed to be still and that he would, he would do his part. You know, that's what he just kept showing me over and over again. The picture I keep getting in my head right now is the Israelites going through uh, the Jordan river Mm-hmm. And they had to take the first step like into mm-hmm. the river. Mm-hmm. It, it says, um, this is Joshua chapter three. I just put it up on my computer. It says, now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing it Mm -hmm. piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called adam in the vicinity of blah 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 blah. all Mm -hmm. i'm trying to say is like they literally just obeyed god and took a step into the river and it's like stepping stones across the Mm -hmm. river but they had to have the faith like god was going to get them through it i can't imagine going through a water that's at the flood stage and being like yeah god has a plan (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you want to let us in on that plan, Lord, that'd be good. <laughs> exactly. But like they just, I just pray for the person listening of like whatever step that you are about mm-hmm. to take, like with God, just know that he's going to get you through it. And mm-hmm. I'd like for us to pray for someone's faith today. I don't mm-hmm. know. Do you mind leading us in prayer? Is that, I don't know. You see see a lot of people who, I mean, maybe they need to take a first step and like do therapy or like go to the website, sign up, Mm -hmm. schedule an appointment. I don't know, but just like the faith of just knowing that God is going to bring us through it, (laughs) it, whatever Mm -hmm. it is for you listening like that. It is a big deal to God. Mm -hmm. And man, I just, I would love for you to pray for us if that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for sure. I, um, I, 
it was in the last few months of Beth's life that she actually, I don't know if you know this or if you guys talked about this, but she messaged me and said, would you pray Joshua three and put my name in the scriptures? Did you know that? No, I did not know that. This scripture was very heavy on her heart. Um, And (laughs) because I have in my Bible written here. And then uh, as Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves before they were going to cross. And in Joshua three, five, it says for tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. And I had texted her, the Lord will do wonders among Beth. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Oh my goodness. But if like Beth was here right now, she would say that for you who's listening, like the Lord will do wonders among you. Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. See, that's how cool God is. Like that is <laughs> Jesus. We're here having this conversation, surrender to Jesus. We w- we don't want it to be anything selfish, no ego, no nothing. We want to be a mm-hmm. vessel for Jesus. And then we just start reading the word of God. And then we're talking about our friend who we miss and we mourn her. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden you're like, she made this impact on my life where she talked about this scripture and I was praying mm-hmm. it for her. And guess who's going to get blessed by that? Well, me, because I've got like <laughs> glory bumps like you wouldn't believe right now. I like need a jacket with the, <laughs> but for the person listening, hallelujah, you know, like you are getting blessed from listening to this story of someone who has passed and who is with Jesus, like go God, only yeah. God. I don't have words right now. This is <laughs> Well, let's pray for them. You want me to yes, do that? Still? Please. Yes. Yeah. Um, Father, we thank you so much for your love for your people. And um, we thank you that you are a good God and you are uh, working things to glorify yourself here on earth and to further your kingdom. And I thank you that you look down on us and you invite us to be a part of that. You invite us to be a part of of showing grace and love and mercy and, and bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth and the lives of others. And so I pray for a person listening today who is, is on the, the verge of taking a big step of faith. Um, maybe it's, maybe it's trying that thing that they've, they've always wanted to try, but didn't have the courage for, or they know that you're calling them to go back to school, but they're afraid and they feel so unsure. Lord, would you let them know today that you are going to go before them do wonders among them. You know, as, as it says in Joshua three, where um, Joshua was told by the Lord, as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. Um, may that person know that you will be with them. Um, if you're calling them to a deep valley, a hard diagnosis um, that they're, that's striking a lot of fear in their hearts. Lord, you, you are the shepherd who goes before us and behind us and hems us in on either side. You walk with us through valleys. Um, you carry us to mountaintops. And, and so I, I ask that you would strengthen the person today that is wanting the courage to step out in faith, that is wanting to live for more than themselves, that's wanting to um, leave the safety of the shore and step out in the deep where their feet are failing. Father, I pray that you would show them that they just need to trust you and they need to hold on to you and that you are going to carry them and you are going to be with them and you're going to empower them and you're going to develop the character in them that does not shrink back. Lord, you are going to teach them perseverance. And in that perseverance, you're going to develop character. And with that character is going to come hope. And hope doesn't put us to shame because you've poured out your love into our hearts. So I pray for that person just standing on the edge of their next adventure. God, that you would help them step in boldness and in faith, knowing that you go with them and will empower them. And we pray your blessings on them in Jesus name.
In Jesus' name, amen. Oh my goodness, Leah <laughs> Taylor. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I don't have words. Like this podcast is okay. This podcast is over because I don't have words, but um, <laughs> we want to, we want to give everyone contact information um, of ways to connect with you. Cause you are, you're doing the licensed mental health counseling and yeah. just thank, thank you for that work you're doing in healthcare. So how do we reach out to you? Sure. Like the easiest way is I offer telehealth to clients in Florida, telehealth to clients in Alabama. I'm in person in Birmingham, Alabama for people in that area who, who want to come into the office. But the easiest way to get connected with me is just to go to leahtaylorcounseling.com. You can create a profile. It allows you to view my schedule. Um, you can message me um, through that website as well if you have any questions. And that, that's the easiest way because it lets you do it on your own terms. You've got your calendar in front of you, you know, things like that. I love it, Leah. Thank you for your time. God bless you. And just thank you. Hey, this is Dustin, one of the pastors at Grace Bible Church in Sebring, Florida. Thanks for tuning in to listen to Broadcast His Love with Ricky Van Stewart. I hope you also consider joining us on our podcast as well. Our hope is to encourage you, inspire you, and compel you towards a closer walk with Jesus and one another. You can find us on every platform where podcasts are offered by simply searching for Grace Bible Church Sebring. Again, this is Pastor Dustin, and I hope to get to connect with you very soon. Hey, this is Mark Stockland, pastor and CEO for Haiti Bible Mission in Jeremy Haiti. If you'd like to follow along with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti, you can check us out at HaitiBibleMission.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love to get you guys connected with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti and how you can partner with us to live the difference, to help empower leaders to transform communities. God bless you guys and have a great day. Hi y'all, this is Nan Charland, the owner of the Laurel Oak Inn Bed and Breakfast in Gainesville, Florida. You can find the Laurel Oak Inn on the internet at laureloakinn.com or Facebook and Instagram, Laurel Oak Inn. Until we meet you in person, we certainly hope you're enjoying life to its fullest. This is amazing!